Are you ready? Let's do this. All right. Now, broadcasting from the sun-drenched patios of Harlan, Iowa, it's Emily Danielson. <laughs> you don't like that? Wow. Welcome. Are we starting? <laughs> are we doing this? What are we doing? Oh, no. I just got this new sound effect. Yeah. And it just makes me want to do my big, big, yeah. uh, big movie voice. Yeah. Just when you thought it was safe for Emily to get back behind the microphone. Yeah. Here comes freshroadmedia.com. Have, have you ever seen that meme where it's just that cat that just has this blank stare on their face, half shut eyes, just glaring, and the head of it is, you know, anytime your husband tells a joke, yeah, that's the look that's on it. your face. I'm angry cat right Do you like now. this music bed? Grumpy cat. This is this could be our new show intro music bed. I want a swing dance. You want you want to do this? Yeah. Hey, I got I got another one. Let me, let me try a different one. Try try this one. Oh yeah. Uh, that's a good way to start the show. Weird. No, that's a little weird. All right, how about this? No, absolutely not. It's like no. a little. It almost no. sounds like Eddie Van Halen with "Girl, You Really Got Me." Yeah, it almost sounds like we shouldn't yeah. be hearing that right now. Okay, all right, okay. all right. Yeah. There's our normal. Uh, that works. Welcome to No Apology <laughs> with Emily and Chris. We're it's it's on. We're recording. Go go oh, go. Oh, very good. So then yeah. I should start with my you, welcome to No Apology there you with go. Emily and Chris. Brought to you by Fresh Road Media. So glad you're with us. And I'm sorry that we have to suffer through Chris's little playing games over there. But give me whatever. new sound effects. This right. is this is what's coming up on the show. Yeah. And now try this. This is what's coming up on the show. Better? No. No? Okay. <laughs> I thought it was great. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up on the show, we are going to have a very special guest. Don Keith, author, producer, writer Hi. extraordinaire, yeah. is going to be joining us. Uh, he's a friend of ours. And this is the preseason of No Apology with Emily and Chris. We're tra- still working out all the bugs. We're on our third soundboard in less than a month. And so it's just been a uh, a grab bag of problems. So we'll, we'll tell you about that at the end of the show and how you can get involved. Also, after Don Keith, Mike Shaw is going to be in with some nationwide happenings. And Thursday morning, and by the way, it is Thursday before Good Friday when we're recording, so this morning for us, uh, but Thursday morning for you listening or watching, big news came out of the Fed. Ooh. And Mike Shaw is going to have that. Plus, we're going to have our game right on, way off. But Emily, I want to start... Yes. With a post on Facebook from Answers in Genesis. Love Answers in Genesis. They're great. Yeah. yeah there was a post that they made, um, I guess, actually on April 1st. And so. Yeah, it that's... was an April Fool's thing, but <laughs> I the, still thought it was cool. The first thing we need to know is it was a joke, but I didn't pick up on that like at first when yeah. I was first reading through it. Um, but it was really kind of interesting, and it talked about how they were going to rebrand themselves, mm-hmm. and they were going to go through all 66 books of the Bible and go from Answers in Genesis to Answers in Exodus to Answers in what, you know, the whole rest of the Bible. So I'm initially thinking, I can't wait to get to Answers in Obadiah. Yeah. You know, that would that would yeah. be good. I answers like in Malachi or Malachi. <laughs> yeah. To the layperson. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so the the reality is, is that when they came out with that, I'm like, that is a great, cool idea. But how could they do it? How could they possibly do this every year? It would cost, you know, millions of dollars after a decade to rebrand yeah. yourself like that. But the idea was built into 
the authority of God's word and how important God's word is. So that's when I got excited about it. I'm like, this is a really cool idea. Yeah, it's an April Fool's joke, but it's really a pretty cool idea. Yeah, because you didn't pick up on it right at first either, but I was kind of surprised because, well, I watched you go through the process, actually, yeah. of, wait a minute, let's piece this together. Because all of this marketing, branding, advertising, creating, I mean, that's kind of your milieu. And so you were tr- you were starting to piece it together going, wait, this this is like, this would be ridiculous. Yeah. So like just being in that wheelhouse, yeah. I was kind of shocked that you were like laughing right away. But you, we eventually got it. it. But it was funny. It's yeah. a great idea. We were doing so. we were doing a little show prep, a little brainstorming. And I actually made the made the comment. This is cool to see someone taking a bold marketing approach to advance truth. <laughs> And so then y'all put that down and posted it on Facebook on the Ken Ham link. It's on our Facebook page. Just search No Apology with Emily, E-M-I-L-E-E, and Chris, and you'll see it there. But the the bit that Ken Ham wrote was so good because he takes that opportunity to, you know, spoof you. Okay, we're going to change the name every single every single week, you know, and and or every single year. year yeah. And yet the bottom line is it was it gave him a platform to really Put the smack down on how important Genesis one through eleven right. is. Right, there was a, there was a reason for this April Fool's joke because yeah. they, and and we were talking about that actually. You know, when we first looked at it, that Genesis really because it is the foundation of everything. Mm-hmm. Genesis helps helps explain and shed light on the other books of the Bible and vice versa. The other books of the Bible affirm and bring veracity to the book of Genesis. And yeah. so it was it was kind of a cool thought and a cool idea and there there was a I don't know what you want to call it method behind the madness yeah. just bringing to light that point and that's exactly what Ken Ham did. Well, we, again we have bad analytics on Facebook. What I mean by that is that our stuff gets stuffed, stuffed all the time. Yeah. You know, it's just it's incredible. We did get one comment. Steven said Chris is going to come out and tell us <laughs> his love and devotion to Olympic ice skating, how hockey is too brutal, NASCAR is for sissies. And then he makes a quote about the Packers which I cannot repeat. Skull Vikings, let's go. Uh and You can how, <laughs> repeat it. You can repeat it. You're going to no. say that you're going to tell us that you love the Packers. No, they were don't, the best team or something. La, 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 la. Something don't even say like... the word Packers on my show. <laughs> I joke. Packers, I joke. Packers, Packers, Packers. <laughs> and he really likes long walks on the beach. The, the bottom yes. line is somebody got that it was a April Fool's joke. But I love people that promote biblical truth. And last yeah. night, one of my heroes of the faith, who I really want to get as a guest on the show. Yeah. And uh, it's Dr. Del Tackett. He's one of oh, the yeah. few people that we've never met, never talked to. Because um, we've been but blessed in that area. But we know people who know him and yes, worked with him. Yes, we know a lot of people. And met him and talked with him. So, Our paths yeah. have crossed like four times, and we've never been able to say, hey, Dr. Dell, let's sit down and yeah. chat, have a cup of coffee, which is one of the things I'd love to do one He's of He's like days. our Kevin Bacon, you know, six degrees from Kevin Bacon. Yes, We're yes. six degrees from Del Tackett. Yeah, we know exactly so many right. people connected to him. Anyway. So last night, uh, it was episode 10 of The Truth Project at church. And uh, for our Wednesday night little adult get together. Yes. And I was not feeling good at all yesterday afternoon. So I needed to stay, you know, near a facility. Um, <laughs> some might Do you politely. Have too many tacos over there? <laughs> some might politely call it digestive distress. <laughs> but uh, so I got a link in the email from I missed his neighborhood apologetics session the night before. 
So it's under the engagement project. So I'm watching the engagement project last night. His uh, most recent. His most recent, recent while work. you're watching. So we had two different Dell Tackets going on in our life at the exact same time we last night. We were both pretty interesting. tacketing at the same time. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, coming up later with Mike Shaw, we're going to be talking about what's going on in culture. And uh, there's, uh, you know, Bud Light is is, is falling down. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Shoot. Mike's going to have that story along with a huge news story that's breaking but nothing. Uh, Del Tackett wrote this uh, a year um, about a year ago. He said nothing is judged more severely by our. Not, let me try that again. Take two. Uh, this a, time with feeling. I'm a professional broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> nothing is judged more severely by our culture today than assertions of biological male and female Ooh, absolutes. Yes, indeedly do. That is why we're going to talk about this with no apology. We all love right. all people. We want them to have the best that they can have. But Emily, Truth Project, Engagement Project, Dr. Del Tackett, Neighborhood Apologetics is what he's promoting right now. That dovetails hand in glove with what you and I are about on this particular broadcast. Absolutely. I mean... Well, we'll see as as everything <laughs> strings out how it all dovetails together, uh, just like God's word. Every it's it's like a uh, a brick wall. Yeah, you know what I mean. Every brick is important. You start taking out bricks, and the whole thing can likely just collapse. Yeah, you take out the wrong brick, and it all collapses. And so it's all interlocked, and it's, and one truth is really built upon and dependent on. Uh, the preceding truths. So. We have to get people engaged and standing up for the authority of God's yeah. word. That's what this show's kind of about. And I'll use any tool I possibly can to creatively teach the gospel. <laughs> I'll creatively teach the gospel. What do you think? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> I'll take you out with the with your favorite little uh, bumper music here. Thank you very much. We will be right back with No Apology with Emily and Chris. Don Keith standing by. All right, Emily. Yes. We're back. We are back. No Apology with Chris. No, 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 no. No Apology with Emily and Chris. There you, you know, go. It's so easy to now get into that. It. Mr. and Mrs. Chris Danielson, yes. you know, husband, wife is kind of the social convention of how we phrase those things. Yeah. So I have to learn to repeat that. It's Emily and Chris, and we're glad that you're spending some time with us. We have a really great guest joining us We now. do have a great guest. He's, he's not only a friend and colleague, but uh, he is a world-famous author and screenwriter and scriptwriter. His name is Don Keith. Don, thanks for joining us again today. Hey, it is great to be with you guys. Yeah, you, you're looking good. You got the right on shirt, W-R-I-T-E on t-shirt going today. Well, I guess I must explain I am a writer. That's why this, you know, <laughs> I, I can't spell, in other words. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Don, you and I go go way back now, about, about five or six years it's getting on. And uh, when I first got to Alabama, I got introduced to you by a mutual friend, and we started having lunch together about once a month. We started brainstorming. We wrote some scripts together. We've we've done some outlines together. And then, of course, we produced a full-length documentary together called Colors of Character. But you have just, I think now you're about to publish, is it book number 41 or 42 that's coming out next month? 41 comes out next month. 42 comes out in June. Okay. Ooh, tell us about those books. Yeah. Now, are we staying with the military on these? 
Yeah, uh, the uh, 41st is a continuation of a series called the Hunter Killer Series, which I co-write with a former nuclear submarine captain named George Wallace. No relation to the former Alabama governor. Okay. Um, <laughs> we've been fortunate enough to do all these books together, and one of them actually got picked up as a major motion picture. Yeah. And, and the, Hunter it, Killer. And it's behind you, Gerard Butler and Gary Ullman, Hunter Killer. You wrote that story, and that, uh, that was an incredible incredible story but for me it's not even about the movie for me it's about the red carpet for hunter killer with your wife and gerard butler i mean those photos are just fantastic i mean uh she had a good time and and butler seemed to like take to her too that was pretty funny to see when you guys the screening was like on a big ship in new york right yeah, it's on a museum ship, an aircraft carrier, the USS Intrepid, that sits in the Hudson River there in uh, Manhattan, and that's where they had the, uh, the the big red carpet rollout premiere, not in Hollywood, and that was fine with me, and I think it was fine with a lot of folks, yeah. because uh, the Navy really did support the production of the movie. They saw it as a two-hour recruiting video for submariners. <laughs> <laughs> So what was it like just being on that thing? I mean, it, it had to give you a kind of a different feeling, yeah. I guess. Yeah. 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 Well, those those things are huge. They're massive. Yeah. The taxpayers spend about $25 billion per copy for those. But this is wow. one of the older ones. And I'm okay. really, I, I really do support the uh, uh, military uh, vessels that are uh, museums that are open to the public. I even did a book about the 17 World War II submarines mm -hmm. that you can go visit. Cool. And what, they, what they've done to allow you to get on there and see what life was like for the, the people who uh, go out in defense of us and our rights. Uh, and that's what we try to do in the books too, is we, we don't paint it with a uh, through rose-colored glasses or anything like that, but we do pay tribute to some very brave and dedicated men and women who are on the front lines every day on our behalf. That's awesome. We're going to talk a lot and, about the different. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say you. You mentioned my wife. I, I've got that picture, and I, I, I show it to her periodically. And I don't think she's embarrassed <laughs> one bit. She latched on to Gerard Butler. We thought we were going to have to call security. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. It was great. But he was is great. Gerard is great, and he was very largely responsible for getting the movie made eventually. It took 11 years. 11 from years. The day our, from the day our book was optioned to we actually saw it on the uh, aircraft carrier there in New York. Well, wow. every time that we get together and we start talking about writing and we start talking about the labor of love in writing, it's because you can't write with the idea you're going to cash in because it's so hard to cash in on anything in the writing world. In fact, you and I, with some of the scripts we've written and some of the other productions we've been around, it's a miracle any movie ever gets made, ever. Just how hard it is to get stuff through the process. Absolutely. They are, there's actually a series on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us, and mm -hmm. it talks about the, the various films that became big hits. But if you watch any one of those, you'll figure, whoa, how does any movie ever get made? Yeah, uh, it's, exactly. It's just, so many moving pieces. I have to watch it because I don't want to discourage anybody who has a story to tell from becoming <laughs> right. a writer or a script writer yeah. or a movie maker or whatever, because well, we we're need the, good, good stories. Yeah, we well, do. we're in the preseason of, of the Chris and, uh, Chris and Emily coming back to the microphones under the banner of No Apology with Emily and Chris. And so in the preseason, I said, well, Don Keith would probably come on our show because we, you know, one guy that I really want on the show said, well, how big's your audience? I'm like, I don't know. I think it could be zero. 
<laughs> well, call uh, me uh, in the fall. He said, call me in the fall. I'm like, all right, I'll call you back in the fall. But uh, and we, what, what did I ask, Chris? How big is the check? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I asked what percentage of zero you wanted. Um, uh, yeah. But one of the things we started doing a handful of years ago is we started doing these writing seminars, writing symposiums for screenwriters particularly. But if you were writing even a trade book or, um, you know, writing a manual for how a leaf blower works, you could benefit from what we what we do. And so I, I just this is I want you to explain yourself, Don, because <laughs> <laughs> you are obviously the headliner of, of the seminar. But so I'm, I'm the opener and I worked my fingers to the bone to come up with this beautiful and I'm talking about massively beautiful eight point 40 minute presentation that I mean literally I mean people have tears in their eyes minstrels <laughs> write songs about this 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 presentation right, right. and when I get done with the eighth point I mean there's just this exhale of joy and learned understanding from the audience and and I humbly because humility is part of my greatness. I humbly then turn, and it's Don Keith's time now. And so Don follows me up by saying this. He says, okay, everything that Chris just told you, let me sum that up. You get a worthy character. He's your hero. Put him in the tree. Throw rocks at him. Then have him somehow change as he gets out of the tree. That's it. He just did my 40-minute beautiful presentation in, what's that, 22 seconds? So thanks, Don. I always have appreciated that. <laughs> well, I always point out, of course, that that sound from the audience that you uh, accept as uh, praise is actually snoring. I don't know if you've you noticed that. <laughs> Thank you, Don. Thank you for acknowledging that. Honestly, oh. though, that, see, that's the difference, Chris, between the writers and the great writers is the great writers can take all the mumbo jumbo, boil it down into one very poignant, concise, ta-da, yeah. and, and Don did that for yeah. you. <laughs> well, Don, well, in all seriousness, you know, what most people do is they try to write. They try to write that wonderful novel with all the uh, foreshadowing and imagery and adverbs and adjectives and uh, uh -huh. uh, all that kind of thing. And yet they forget to tell the story. And, and right. the story, most stories are very basic. You, you take a seemingly average person, you have that seemingly average person get into a real fix, and that person emerges showing that he or she is extraordinary. Yeah. Okay. Or just change for the better. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, some people write books where you don't necessarily change for the better. I don't care for that kind of stuff. And I know it's not realistic because sometimes people don't change for the better. Right. But I want, to, I want to inspire somebody to be able to get through a tough time and to be able to emerge emotionally changed, stronger, whatever it takes to get them through that. And if it's just a little bit of prose that I can put into a book, then that, that's fine. So when you do sit down to write a book or a, or a movie script or whatever, is there a specific goal that you have? Like, what do you want your reader or viewer to come away with? Or does it depend on the story that you're writing? Is it different for every, for every story that you write? It, uh, it can differ. You know, the, the first thing, and I run into so many people who want to be a writer because they want to be rich and famous. And I like to point out, you know, if you want to be rich and famous, rob a bank. You're going to be yeah. rich for a little while. And then when they arrest you on the six o'clock news, you're famous. I always tell people you want to, you want to be a writer, uh, you know, you want to make a million dollars writing, start with two million. And then when you get back to a million, you're a writer. <laughs> 
and, and yet people hear about these uh, million dollar advances that uh, famous people get. Well, they get it because they're famous, you know. Yeah. And yeah. If you're not famous, you're probably not going to do that. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to make a living. Uh, that's how I make my living. That's how mm -hmm. I buy groceries buy groceries and you can tell by looking at me i'm very fond of groceries <laughs> yeah uh, but and, that, and that's a worthy goal is to make a living yeah. at it or to do it for money or yeah. for fame if that's what really floats your boat but at the same time i still feel like it's a much more worthy cause to take a story and to make it uh something that will affect somebody positively in some right. way in not inspire maybe to too big a word, but if it inspires somebody, fantastic. And I've had the yeah. fortune of writing a lot of uh, biographies and nonfiction books, especially that I hope have done just that. Mm. Well, your specialty has become the military and a lot of World War II stuff, but particularly the Navy uh, with the Hunter Killer series and, and others. And um, Progressive has this commercial series out with Dr. Rick. Do you remember you, you remember Dr. Rick, right, Em? Yeah, yeah exactly. I do. Yeah. 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 And he's you know like, what I'm going to reference, he's don't teaching, you, Don? He's <laughs> teaching people how to not become their parents. Right. right? Teaching okay. people not yeah. to become their parents. And there's this young man sitting on the couch, and he's got a, he's got a book in front of him. And it's obviously like a, a submarine Navy thriller that Don writes. And Dr. Rick's over his shoulder, and he's like, who else reads submarine novels? And the kid goes, my dad. And so I couldn't help it. I framed it up, turned the TV up loud, framed it up, took that little video clip, and I, I texted it to, to you, Don. Do you remember your response? I don't. What did I say? You said, I don't care who's reading them as long as they're buying them. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there I, you go. I, say, I, I say all the time, I don't care if you uh, read the book or not as long as you buy it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Do you have like a, you know, because I hear this all the time, uh, do you have a target audience or or not? Is it just the story's the story and whoever it connects with, it connects with? You know, it, it's hard to tell who's reading nowadays or who's yeah. buying books nowadays because they, they buy them and don't read them. And I, I joke about that, by the way. I do care if you read the book or not. I want you to like it. <laughs> but at the same time, I... It, no, I really don't have a target in, in mind. I, I'm more looking at the story. Is yeah. this story yeah. worth being told? Uh, mm -hmm. Does this does this particular person have something uh, that they can say through their life? People like Chuck Yeager that I had yeah. the pleasure of writing a book about. People like uh, Steve Skipper that maybe we can talk about a little later on. That people oh, yeah, may not be with. Um, people like Shelley Stewart, who was a disc jockey here in Birmingham. I live in Birmingham, Alabama. Shelley was a disc jockey on the radio when uh, they had the civil rights movement here in Birmingham. And he's the one that would get on the radio and say, hey, you may want to carry your toothbrushes to school today uh, because they're, they're going to make it rain over at uh, Ingram Park. That meant the kids, when they left school to go demonstrate, were going to get arrested and hauled off oh. to the stock barns at the state fairgrounds. Sure. And they brought the, that whole children's march uh, brought the, the the right people to a negotiating table and pretty much changed life in Birmingham forever. Amazing. Positively. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, Absolutely. his his story is amazing too because he was he was a silent partner in an ad agency because black people couldn't be the president of an ad agency in the right. south in those days. Wow. And yet he went on to build it into one of the biggest agencies in the country. So well I, anyway, I what, inspiring I, story. I tell you what, writing is a uh, labor of love. And I write every week, and um, I get to share my writings every week on Sunday. And the gospel 
is without a doubt the greatest story that I want to talk about. And that's all I want to talk about. That's why I ended up becoming a pastor and we're doing... And you know, Don, that I just will... I want to creatively share the gospel any way that I possibly can. And we got to do a project together, and you wrote the book, uh, uh, Dream On, about Steve Skipper, an African-American artist who was bussed around during the Civil Rights Movement. And during that time, he... uh, Kind of became a Crips gang member, kind of. He actually did. <laughs> What's the kind of thing? I, I, I How don't do you know. kind of do that? <laughs> he found the Lord yeah. more than kind of. He actually found the Lord. Yeah. And then he wanted to be an artist, and so his his paintings hang in the Hall of Fames all across the the country and the world. And um, Don asked me to come to lunch with Steve Skipper, and then Steve Skipper chose me to be the one to tell his story on film, When so we made the movie Colors of Character. And Don, you're featured in that movie. We actually have you be the expert who talks about Steve's story because you were the author of the original book. And so during the filming of all that and us putting that project together, we got to do a lot of traveling. We did a lot of stuff together. It was, it was really fun. And what kind of feedback have you gotten from the movie Colors of Character? I have not gotten any negative feedback at all, which is remarkable. Absolutely remarkable. But then again, we had a great story. I mean, here's a guy who was headed down the wrong path that so many people take, and he turned to the Crips for a family because he was having family issues and racial discrimination was a big part of it too. But uh, he actually went to church on a dare. uh, And... (laughs) He said, okay, I'll go to church if you'll shut up. He said that to a guy that he didn't want his Crip brothers to murder, by the way. They probably would have. Yeah. Uh, Which and, I think that me and the crew did a pretty good job on those reenactments, I think. But anyway. Absolutely. That's the one sidebar. thing I learned. <laughs> another sidebar, the one thing I learned is uh, I don't care how much makeup you put on, you don't look too good on a screen the size that that ended up on. So. <laughs> I'm not bound to be on the silver screen anyway. Well, you're on the screen right now talking about it. (laughs) Not nearly as big. Uh, Not nearly as big, right? No no makeup this this day. (laughs) Well, that's good. I'm glad that you've gotten really positive feedback on that, and it really goes back to what you were talking about before that – you know, you want to move people, you want to ins- not necessarily inspire them, but impact them. And of course, we want to impact them in a very positive way. But I want to ask you about, there's a quote, and I'm not quoting it absolutely 100. I'm paraphrasing. I think that's Paraphrasing the a quote. Paraphrasing the quote that... The How people- would you do that in a book, Don? <laughs> <laughs> Just randomly type. Is, is yeah, there any paraphrase yeah. quotation marks out there for a writer? I just want to. Okay. Anyway, Emily, paraphrasing the quote. The Go. statement is to the effect that the people that are telling the stories are the people that are shaping culture. What do you think? Is that? Do you agree with that? I, they're certainly helping shape culture. Unfortunately, there are a lot of other things that are helping shape culture, as we all know. TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I think it's an opportunity for people who want to shape culture in a positive way to do so. You may not get rich doing it. Uh, Colors of Character is not the kind of movie you're going to get rich doing. And I don't think any of us set out to do that. But we wanted to tell Steve's story because we knew how uplifting it could be for Mm -hmm. a lot of people, whether they've chosen the gang lifestyle or they just hate the life they're living or whatever, to find that there is another way, another path. And it still wasn't easy. And that's one of the points we make in the movie 
uh, Steve felt like, okay, he got out of the gang lifestyle. They didn't murder him, which they typically do if you mm -hmm. leave them. Uh, the night that he went to church, he was supposed to meet up with a guy and sample some new mix of drugs. It turns out he didn't show up for that for obvious reasons. That mix of drugs killed a couple of guys. Yeah. And he may have been killed. He, he says the Lord saved his life twice that night. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's the kind of stories you want to tell. They're true that will uh, help people get through rough times and maybe affect them positively in life and emotionally and spiritually and any other way they can. The yeah. film is called Colors of Character. It's it's based off, I'm the one who named it. And I remember when we were brainstorming uh, about naming it, I'm like, well, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. with the content of character, that's like the whole thing. Steve's trying to show, you know, his character through the colors of his painting, so colors of character. And the, the amazing thing about that story to me is how God took somebody and redeemed them for his purposes. And the whole time, Steve didn't really even know what that purpose was. And so he started making a lot of money in sports art, and then he started switching to civil rights art. And the passion in his civil rights art um, is also the same passion he has for the Lord. And so that was what I was trying to show. Although when the reviews came out, because the movie did go to the theaters, and when the movie came out, one of the reviewers, I, I always get Hollywood reporters stuck in my head, said director Danielson put too much Jesus in the movie. And it was really critical that I had the civil rights opportunity. And this was, by the way, Skipper picked me pre-George Floyd. The movie came out post-George Floyd. And I was criticized that this was an opportunity for us to show love uh, and, and, and bringing people together under this civil rights movement. But I, I ruined it by bringing up too much Jesus. I still remember that. That's still one of the harshest critics I've had to read about my own work. But needless to say, that was just another nail in the coffin of, okay, I'm going to just go be a pastor then, you know, <laughs> and I'll tell the Jesus story every week as loud as I possibly can. So did you get any of that when you were reading the reviews and stuff? Did anybody? Well, I don't read reviews. Oh, I think smart. it was Ernest. Yeah. I think Ernest <laughs> Hemingway said, if you, if you uh, read the good reviews, you have to read and believe the bad ones too. There you go. Uh, I, I dare you to mention there was too much Jesus in that movie to Steve Skipper. You may have to fight the guy here. <laughs> Right. He, he was a former all-state linebacker. Yeah. 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 I I can't I struggled to watch the movie cuz I see all of our choices, all the all the little tiny mistakes that are there, but nobody else notices them. Emily's, you know, when we came back from the screen and she's like, "I didn't notice anything wrong." Yeah. Well, and I'm a pretty harsh critic. I got to be honest. I'm a really harsh critic. In fact, there's not no. very many movies <laughs> that I like. And I want to ask you, Don, what you think about this. It's just my personal opinion. But I'm finding now that I more and more I have to go back to like old movies, black and white movies, old books that I love to read because it seems like in years past, this biblical worldview, whether the writer was a Christian or not, was kind of kind of generally accepted. And it would show through in movies and books and so on. And now it seems like there the chasm, between Christianity and secularism has become so wide that now we have like just this Christian Christian genre of movies and books. Well, he's a Christian writer. He's a Christian movie maker, whatever. And I'm sad about that. I'm kind of sad that because the, the biblical worldview has been set aside, you have to go to writers or authors or whatever, that that's their purpose behind their writing versus, like you were saying, 
just tell a great story. And you know what? That biblical worldview is probably going to kind of seep through because God leaves evidence of himself yeah. everywhere. Am I wrong on that? No, it, it, you know, media has changed so dramatically. It's changed since we started this podcast recording this morning. You know that. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. And the, the fact that we're doing a podcast, that, that's a fairly new thing coming about. Yeah. But like, you know, you're right in that if you put Jesus in a movie, it's got to be a Jesus movie. It's, it's for the uh, Christian movie audience. It's not for everybody else. What is for everybody else is something with a budget of a half billion dollars that have superheroes that fight each other and they wipe out 20 city blocks and mm-hmm. kill a, 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 a thousand but people. There's still the hero, though. Yeah. And well, the hero always wins at the end, even though they killed a couple of thousand people. They're all mm-hmm. smiling and everything is wonderful again. Yeah. The, the problem is, it, it's like everything else, it's all about the money. What's going to make the most money? And if you're going to spend uh, $300 million to make a film, you've got to really make about $600 million just to turn a profit. Mm. And that's a lot of people sitting in theaters. And, of course, with COVID, that was the thing with Colors of Character. We were on, what, 800-something screens around the country, and yet nobody was in the theaters because right. – Nobody was allowed to go to the theaters, so they well, couldn't see Emily and I, Emily and I, we were in Kansas City, and we went to a Kansas City. I think it was a six or seven plex, where there was like six or seven screens, and there was only four movie watching groups. When I say groups, I mean there was a like a mom and a dad and a child. That's three people, but one group. Yeah. There wasn't even enough groups to go to every movie, and we were the only ones in our theater watching colors. So I still don't know how bad the numbers are. No one will tell me as the director. So I'm just moving on. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I got a uh, residual I, check last week from one of my other movies, and it's not even three digits. And so I, <laughs> <laughs> you got to love what you do and why you do it, which is comes back to, I don't care I'll, the criticism of you put too much Jesus in the movie, uh, Emily. That's still never going to bother me. No, exactly. You were going to say something though, Don. What were you saying? Well, I was just going to say, uh, similar to your experience in Kansas City, I went to a, a, a just paid and went in to see the the film here in Birmingham, and there were probably thirty people in the, the theater who watched, and there was cheering, and everybody seemed to really enjoy it. Of course, I found half of them were Steve Skipper's relatives, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but when I walked in and told them who I was. Uh, I thought the theater manager was going to hug me. He said, thank Aww. you so much for putting out something yeah. that at least attracted 30 people tonight. Well, um, you know, when we did the screening, you get a, didn't we get a standing ovation at one of the screens? Yes. I mean, we, we, yeah, I... To me, it's it's always something I was I was proud to to work on, and uh, I'm going to give you final thoughts in just a second, Don. But I do want to cover one story. I think it's important that everybody knows what happens whenever we go anywhere. If there's not barbecue there, you order the same food every single time, and it's shrimp and grits. And in the South, when you travel around the South, <laughs> we've been to I'm going to say five five high end restaurants together at a minimum. And usually, like, and I know prices have changed, but, like, the steaks would be 30 to 40 bucks in these high-end places. Now I know they're 60 to 80. I get it. But the shrimp and grits would be, like, 17 to $20. And it's never been a budget thing for you, though, Don, but you would order the shrimp and grits every single time. Every time. If I know. If I know the place does shrimp and grits right, yep, that's yes. what I'm probably going to order. Okay, because so I that's like the it. key. That's the key, doing it right. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> that is key. 
little tummy demons can, you know, <laughs> come in on that shrimp, and you regret it for about a week later. <laughs> Emily, Emily got some bad shrimp and grits in Louisiana one time, and she has never ordered back. But anyway, th- th- this is this is my final story. We are we are going to Mobile, Alabama, and and we're going to the thirty fourth floor of their tallest building downtown. And there's a restaurant there called Dolphins. And it's not Dolphin like the Miami Dolphins, even though Bob Baumhauer played for the Dolphins. It's Dolphin, like Dolphin Island, right? It's spelled different, D-A-U, et cetera. So his his high-end restaurant is Dolphins. And he owns like 20 other restaurants around Alabama where he's really known as like the Buffalo Wing guy. But this high-end restaurant, we're going to film there at 8 o'clock with Bob Baumhauer the next day because Bob and Steve Skipper did some stuff, and Bob's in the movie Colors of Character. And so me and Don, Keith, and the whole crew are there. And so we go there for dinner the night before. And, you know, this is like, I'm not I'm not going to waste this opportunity. I, I got like the bone-in cowboy ribeye, you know, <laughs> and... And 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 my son, one of my sons was there, Zach, he was there shooting with us, and he got like a New York strip. And Warren Calloway, our cinematographer, he got like a nice steak. And there's Don, shrimp and grits, yeah. shrimp and grits. But here's the thing. When the check was about to come, they didn't bring us the check. Instead, the maitre d' walked over and told us, Mr. Baumhauer's comping your whole meal. He's looking forward to filming with you in the morning. Still wanted the shrimp and grits, Don, or should you have gone for the steak? <laughs> <laughs> no, I still would have gone for the shrimp and grits. I know you yeah, would have. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm at home with my <laughs> Marie Calendar's pot pie. Yeah, what? Y'all are texting me pictures of this beautiful dinner. That's and right. I have this this pot pie that he did not pick up the tab for. No. Um, so I ate it in my lonely loneliness. Don, I don't know if you remember, <laughs> but I sent her a picture of, of like each course as it came. And she sent me back just a picture of this lame little pot pie <laughs> on a plate. I laughed so hard. But hey, uh, shrimp, shrimp and grits, you know. Yeah. And to keep this story even longer than it probably should be. <laughs> <laughs> You have to understand that we were on a tight, tight budget. Yeah, <laughs> that's and, true. That's yeah, that was a big contribution to the budget of the movie, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Warren Calloway's our CEO. Don's the president. I'm known as the chief creative creative officer. When we first formed the company five, six years ago, y'all wanted to make me CEO, and I said, "No, that's a huge mistake," because we'd have been out of money like right away. <laughs> so we weren't. I told. I even told Warren. I said, "If I have to kick in a little extra to make this work, I said I'll take some money on my own." But I'm not going to Dolphins the night before. And by the way, the Bob Baumhauer interview wasn't our first shoot, but it was our first major travel shoot of the of the of the motion picture. So, you know, hey, I'm having the big steak. I'm sorry. I, that was just Every the way once it was in a while be. you gotta just say congratulations yeah. and reap the the rewards. But see, you know? a week before that we did. We went out and had a big celebratory dinner. The movie's funded. <laughs> and so You're eating all the profits, I know, dude. I know. I, <laughs> I don't know how we didn't make any money on that movie. <laughs> well, our budget was a dollar ninety-eight, as I recall. So. Yeah. No, but talk about a win, you know, being, you know, just oh, what, what, such a good time, just yeah. good times all, well, all the time. You know what? We got to tell a powerful story. It's still there. I think if you Google "colors of character," you'll you'll get to the website and you can see the ways that you can yeah. watch it now. Yeah, Absolutely. no, that's fantastic. All right, Emily, anything final you want to ask Don? Uh, <clears throat> Well, gosh, I wasn't ready for that. I was so <laughs> enthralled with the conversation. Do you have any final thoughts you want to show? Wait, I do. Yeah, your final thoughts. Let this be your final thoughts. 
Yeah, uh, this is it. Because <laughs> uh, I know that there's people out there thinking, you know, I want to write. I've tried to write. Uh, if somebody's thinking about whether it's script writing or or book writing or whatever, what's what's the number one thing they need to keep in mind as they go down that path? What do you want? The last, failures. The last, failures right around yeah. the corner. Exactly. It, it no, is, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Writing books, doing movies. These are some of the most challenging things that you can do because there are so many people trying to do just that. And it's tough. And what I always start when I do writing seminars, I start by saying, I do not want to discourage you from telling a story. If you've got a powerful story and you have the ability to tell that story, then you owe it to the world to get that story out there in some way. Fortunately, nowadays, there are ways that you can be published without it costing you a penny, without you even signing a contract or whatever. Uh, if you go to my website, donkeith.com, look in the upper right-hand corner. There's a tab there called On Writing. And I, I spend the first two-thirds of that discouraging you about the possibilities of you ever having a book published. <laughs> yeah. But then I talk about how you can get it done. You can do it. It takes perseverance. It takes prayer. It takes uh, strength. It takes ignoring the critics and a lot of other things. But if you've got a story to tell that's going to affect somebody in a positive way, tell that story. Get yeah. it out there. Yeah, write it down. It doesn't matter whether it makes a million dollars or not that, or anything. It's like just, Probably just write. Just, yeah. just write because it's going to be worth putting pen to paper. Or... And, and I and I try to write something every day. And that, that, you know, getting into that habit, that, that makes a difference yeah. too. Don Keith, what, what, give me the website one more time. DonKeith.com. DonKeith.com. That's easy. That's easy to remember. Very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, All we right. want to thank you for coming on uh, our preseason broadcast. Uh, again, we talk about it being a podcast, but it's much more than that. It's actual broadcast. We're going to, we're going to be trying to syndicate this uh, show this summer. We're going to try to get on a regular recording schedule, which has been challenging. We've got to get all of our equipment done. But Don, thanks for coming yes. and making it very, very interesting. Well, thanks for inviting me. God bless you and God bless what you're doing. Awesome. Thank you so awesome. much. So uh, we've, I've got this, this new bumper music. I'm going to try this one. Let's see if you like this one. What do you think? No. No? No. No? No. Okay. Don a little wah -wah guitar. Okay. All right. Here's this one. There we go. That's how we take Don Keith out, right there. That sounds, yeah. That's how we take Don that Keith works. out, right there. Is that, that bro, bro country, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Don Keith, by the way, we didn't even get into this. You were the Billboard's Broadcaster of the Year in 1973 and 1982, and that was in two different formats, Top 40 and Country. And That so, was back uh, on radi radio, remember radio? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and... And if you say, hey, I kind of recognize the guy's voice, uh, yeah, that's because Don is the voice of FreshRoadMedia.com. That's so, right. So, Don, why don't I reset this music bed real, real quick, and why don't you take us to break, huh? And, and Mike Shaw's uh, up next, by the way, so you can do that. I don't, ready? I don't have a script. What am I going to do here? <laughs> FreshRoadMedia.com, Chris and Emily coming back. Emily and Chris coming back. Mike Shaw. Just generically, Don Keith on the spot. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hit it! Fresh Road Media returns with Emily and Chris and Mike Shaw coming up. Oh, look at that. Nailed it. Nailed it. What a pro. One take wonder. One take wonder. <laughs> Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. Emily's everyday wisdom and sensible approach is award-winning. Even through the horrible things of the world, he will bring 
glory to himself. Put that alongside her husband, Chris, whose comedic communication has impacted and inspired audiences for decades. It's a unique, relatable approach that can truly educate the listener in Christian living and apologetics. Wow, that's kind of deep. <laughs> it's not like anything you've ever heard before. Now you can tune into a show that will make you think, laugh, learn, and lighten the load of life with a hope that can only come from God. And Emily and Chris do so without apologizing. The best part, they're regular folks, just like you, sorting through it all and standing firm on an authentic gospel message. No Apology with Emily and Chris, a weekly download at freshroadmedia.com the one show that can really come alongside and speak to you and your life. Oh, and have some fun and be entertaining at the same time. Right now is the perfect time to once again dig deeper, laugh louder, and live larger for the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. This is going to be good. Welcome to No Apology with Emily and Chris. We were talking with author-writer Don Keith. That was some really, really good conversation. If you are a writer, if you've ever dreamed about being a writer, if you want to connect with a writer, if you want Quit to learn Quit now and save more, yourself the pain. No, 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 no. <laughs> if you want to learn more about writing, donkeith.com. Com. Check yeah. that out. Also, the movie, Chris, that you and him worked on, Colors of Character, if you want to watch that. Very inspiring story. It's worth your time. I don't even know where that's being shown. I think it's Amazon. It's it's well, out there in different it. places. Yeah, you just yeah. got to search it yeah. like everything else. You got to rent it, I'm pretty sure. You know, everything is a hunt nowadays. And then, of course, uh, one thing I forgot to bring up, I do have a blog. Uh, go to freshroadmedia.com. It's a blog that's, one of them is related to what we were talking about in movies and books and stuff with a biblical worldview. The title of that blog is Spirit of St. Louis. It's an old movie with yeah. Jimmy Stewart. It's pretty cool, but it gives... You've got a, a bunch of good blogs there. It gives a... Uh, thank you. Yeah, it gives no, it's a, really, really good. You need to go to freshroadmedia.com and, and yeah. see what she's talking about. Everything relates to getting back to the gospel of Jesus Christ and how does that reveal biblical truth. So you can check that out. Spirit of St. Louis is the title of the blog at freshroadmedia.com. This is the preseason of No Apology with Emily and Chris. What do I mean by that? We are still working out some bugs. We're going to try to have a download every week, but we have not moved to syndication. And when you support freshroadmedia.com, you're supporting a complete outreach media organization. And so we've got so many things coming. Bibleidiots.com is where my teaching platform is. Freshroadmedia.com is where the rest of everything is, and I think Bible Idiots is being merged into that. Yep. So we're calling it the preseason. But our guest that we have right now on the guest cam is Mike Shaw, our news director. Welcome Yay! back, Mike. Hey, how you doing? So we've created a monster. <laughs> uh, we've got the Roadcaster Pro 2 now set up yeah. to where Chris has his sound effects. Yeah, yeah. Chris has complete control now. Oh, wait, Morning, I, should, I should have done it like this. Everybody, hang on. Mike Shaw is now in studio. Okay, One more time <laughs> for Mike Shaw, now in studio. Emily's saying, don't do that again. No, I do like Mike that. Mike Shaw, now in studio. <laughs> I do that like so, that. So ominous. So just so everyone knows, I was in here for about an hour yesterday recording different sound effects. And don't, so don't tell Chris there's a second page. 
Oh. If he scrolls over to page two, no, see, there's no. another whole page of sound effects. You <laughs> see the down arrows. Encourage him. Yeah. Down arrows at the bottom. How about this one? <laughs> yeah. I love the crickets. That's appropriate. <laughs> so down and then there's and then there's this. Yeah. And and I can control when the big finish is. Right oh, there. you can. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now like see the down God. see at the very bottom. <laughs> oh Chris, my see the very, dropping here. See at the very bottom, Chris, where you have the arrows? <laughs> Yes. Hit hit the arrow at the very no the uh, below the tiles. Oh, there we yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. Oh. So you, have a, you have a whole nother. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome, America. She, he gave me all these tools. <laughs> Cash register. I hate you, Mike. Yes. <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, more than you did. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that one just keeps going well, on and so on and on. So here's what we did though for Emily. Okay. Yeah. Emily's camera is now on a tripod. Well, that's I right. Know. Your cameras are no longer on a box. We're not, we're not on, on a boxes cardboard anymore. box. Right. Let's, let's, and right. and I'm not used to having here. cameras, so people can see me doing all that. I used to be able to do all this, and no one would no see one, it. No and, would but in wiser. their hearts, you know what they would think? They yeah. could, in their hearts, they would just yeah. give me a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't see your mistakes, but they could still hear them, dear. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, what's this? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> and we're building out the website too. So freshroadmedia.com. We're we're doing some good things there. It's not a hundred percent finished, but yep. we're making progress. It's evolving. Every day. It's yeah. good. It's All right. exciting. Mike, give uh, yeah. me any kind of absolute uh, statement of any kind, just off the top of your head. God is good. <laughs> God is great. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to fix that. <laughs> uh, yeah, well you done. caught me for a second there. Well I'm like, how, how do I put a buzzer on that? Yeah. Well played, young man. Well there's played. that, and then there's... All right, dude. Dude, yes. no one wants to listen to this. It's they like a, someone's phone is going off in the corner. I'm, and it's I like, kind of disagree with that. Stop. It's kind of like a kid when you get them to see and say when, they're, when they turn three. Yes, you know? and if you're a mother that's been at home with that see and say all day long. See, our kids, when uh-huh. she's doing yeah. this... This mother talk like she's doing right now. Yeah, yeah. In their minds, they're all saying. <laughs> <laughs> so we did a practice thing too, and I kept looking this direction. I kept noting. I'm looking at Chris when I look over here. Yeah. yeah. And I'm looking at Emily when I look over here. Yeah. Yeah. But I should be looking here, kind yes. of Fox News style. <laughs> yes. When they're all on the set, sitting next to each other, and none of them are looking at themselves. So right. They're looking straight at the yeah. camera all the time. I give that. In the box. No, wrong one. I give that a... <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, sir. Oh. Look at Emily's face. Here, just look at Emily's face. We've created a monster. Look at that. I, She's... Oh, don't say we. There's no we <laughs> Oh, I here. guess it was me. Mike <laughs> created a monster. In okay. A All right. Del Tackett, my hero, Del Tackett. <laughs> yeah. uh, he has a bunch of different blogs out there um, yeah. and teachings out there. He has a teaching called mm-hmm. Seven Threats in Our Time. And number three is the loss of the noble male and the rise of the malevolent compassion. And I know that we're going to start out with this. Is it Mulvaney or Dunlavey? I don't know. What's the guy? Mulvaney. Mulvaney. We're going to start out with the Mulvaney story. I get that. It does matter. Dylan Mulvaney is a human being that God loves and wants him to come to repentance. So all the the news stories about Trump, everybody's doing Trump. We're going to do that. But the biggest story is coming up next after this Mulvaney. It's It's a huge story. But we're going to start it with Mulvaney because that's how we show prepped. And I want to start it with Del Tackett. He said this in the opening salvo of Seven Threats of Our Time, number three, the number three of the seven threats. He said, Mm -hmm. nothing is judged more severely by our culture today than assertions of biblical male and female 
absolutes. Mm. And then he goes on to say, he says, but we must stay true to the word of God or we are lost in a fickle sea of emotions and power struggle for control and significance. Bada bing, bada Bada boom. Dr. Dell nails it once again. Mike Shaw, news director, what Mm -hmm. is going on besides people are no longer buying Bud Light? What's going on? Yeah, so uh, Dylan Mulvaney, uh, famous... uh, Famous person who is a male who wants to be a female and is acting like one has picked up some endorsements. So you may have heard about the Bud Light endorsement. Uh, a new one that I just saw on Twitter this morning, and I'm not sure how, how long ago, but uh, Nike Women yeah. has uh, hired uh, Dylan to promote sports bras and leggings. Mm. And so this first tweet that I found this morning kind of explains what's going on. Meet Nike Women's newest ambassador, a biological man. Dylan Mulvaney is now being paid money by Nike Women to promote sports bras, even though he is a man. Hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. So um, we, we've got some reaction to this. And uh, the one by Ke- Ke- uh, Carrie Lake is hilarious. But um, it, it's funny and I didn't, I didn't realize this tied into something that Emily posted just the other day on Facebook. It does, actually. Yeah, it, yeah. Does. it does actually it, it tie ties into in. that, yeah. Is that I the mean, one it's... we're going to next? Because on the one that you just were at, Mike, yeah. it says, Another day, another company slapping all women in the face by mocking them and paying a man to take their place. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't we just come through this where mm-hmm. we had to hire every different kind of race to be in every different kind of production because it was all too lily white, is what we were told? You know, so that's why you can't watch a commercial without seeing a minority in the commercial now because of casting choices. Isn't this doing the same thing to women, but yet people don't 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 think that it is? Well, that's the amazing thing to me. Um, if I was a woman, I'd be completely offended that the best woman for the job is a man, time and time again. Yeah. When it, you know, when it comes to sports, uh, you know, when it comes to endorsements now, yeah. when it comes to pretty much every facet of society sports awards what do you what do you guys say to this and i will start with you emily we get lamb blasted because uh it, it, it to me this goes back to the fact that there were a lot of you know a lot of kids like a lot of basketball stars and there was a lot of us that like magic johnson and larry bird at the same time right but if we said we like larry bird and, and again i i come from you know I, i've hung around a lot of uh, african americans much of my life and so it was like expected that I would like Larry Bird just because he was white. Uh, and I don't know if you remember what Isaiah Thomas said back in those days. So now there's people that are not going to drink Bud Light. There's you know people that are not going to wear Nikes because of this situation. Emily, I want to start with you. Yeah. What is your percentage on a zero being absolutely never, 100 being you're running to the store right now, that you would buy leggings or a sports bra from Nike because this guy is dancing around like a girl. Uh, we need to go into the negative numbers, I think, for that. Uh, it, it's it's repulsive. It's sad. And I think Mike really nailed it on the, uh, hit it, hit the nail on the head when he said it's offensive that the best man for the job or the best woman for the job is a man. Yeah. Um, and that's just absolutely true. It's devastating. Um, and But it all goes back to, once again, you guys, you got to realize that this is bigger than just attacking women. This is bigger than just attacking whatever. We are, through this, attacking 
God. His design, his plan, and it all goes back to, we were talking about Genesis being the foundation of everything. It all goes back to Genesis. Because if you can dismantle the absolute foundation that the book of Genesis provides, then everything else is up for grabs. Everything else is, is going to fall. And so, you know, holding that biblical world view, not just saying I love Jesus, mm-hmm. but knowing what Jesus has said in his word and taking it into your core as firm belief, yeah. it's going to yeah. shape and form you. And you know what it's going to do? It's going to look at women and it's going to look at men and you're going to say, yeah, they are equal in value, but they're not the same. That's the reality. And I'm sad and I'm a little bit mad that people are destroying that whole concept. What I don't like, the thing that I don't like the most is that we are considered unloving when we simply want to stand on the truth of God's word. That's what bothers, that's the That's the whole argument. And listen to what Del Tackett said. He said this. He said um, that uh, we must never forget how foundational the diversity of male and female is to the human race. Yeah. This is the design of God, creating them in the same essence, yet so very diverse in their personhood. Mm-hmm. Two more paragraphs. One's on the noble male, one's on the virtuous female. You ready? Yeah. It says, the noble male is driven by two engines, as on a train. The first engine is truth righteousness and wisdom the second is grace and compassion he is permanently or i'm sorry he is primarily d- driven by a zeal for truth and righteousness but is tethered by grace and compassion did you follow that <laughs> that's great isn't that great <laughs> this guy great. i i love this dude he's yeah. just he's my guy all right virtuous female is driven by the same two engines but they are in reverse order mm. she is driven first by grace and compassion mm. but this is tethered by truth, righteousness, and exactly. wisdom. Bada bing, bada boom. I think? love, I love how he eloquently puts that because it's, it's like they fit together. They're so different, but they fit together. It's just like water and air. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, if all of a sudden water says, "I want to," I feel more like air. You know, no, yeah. water's water, air's air. You can't go and say. Which one do you want? Well, I, I want that one, but I don't want the other one. You yeah. can't live without them, without both of them, number one. So that I love how he put that. It's like we fit together. We're needed by both. But also there is oxygen in water and there is water in air. I well, mean, it, it, when you're able they're to, made up of the same yeah. stuff. But when you're able to identify anything that you want, it creates chaos. Absolutely. For example, Mike, you and I could identify as NBA pros today. Would that mean the Timberwolves would have to take us on their team? I'm, we might improve them, but that's a whole other story. Do you <laughs> see what I mean? It's the chaos that bothers yeah. me. And from the news director's chair, what are you seeing? You can be anything you want when you grow up. No, I'm five four, and I cannot dunk the basketball. <laughs> I am not uh, bowls. Hey, I mean, well, you we could play. if we all just lowered the standard and put that's the hoop. Right. Yeah. A little right, lower. Right. You're you know? you're yeah. a star in the HBA. Do you know what that is? 
No. The Hobbit Basketball <laughs> Association. <laughs> They're all barefoot. You know, yeah. it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Oh, but, but anyway. It does, though. It does. It causes confusion. And that was kind of what uh, my Facebook post yeah. was the yeah, other day. Your Facebook post. Uh, it actually starts out just so that there's no confusion. You know, yeah. and I make an illustration with I've got our a copy dogs. of it. If you're if if you're listening to this on audio, you yeah. can go to the video and you can see it, or you can go to the Facebook page. No apology with there Emily and Chris and see it. Yep. But I just popped it up on the screen. Emily right now. made the news. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we have two dogs. One's a boy, one's a girl. Mm-hmm. And they're the one boy, Elfie, he's adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's very timid. He's very shy. He has a very specific Sometimes. disposition. He, he can go okay. skittish okay. real soon. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> You Don't be dissing him. my big boy. I know you truth. defend. He, Chris just can't stand it when his little runty dog is is dissed. Hey, I got to watch way. these dogs when you guys are out of town. I, know, I love do. these dogs. Yes, and and you can just they're unique. Elfie's, I mean, the picture you got, you captured here, is amazing with Elfie and Ruby. They're well, so different. Yeah, but. their faces don't lie, right? They wear their heart on their face, I guess. Uh, but Elfie's like afraid of the toaster. He's yeah. a lover. He's not a fighter. And of course, like all responsible pet owners, you get your animals fixed. So Elfie's male parts have been removed. Uh, but guess what? Even though he acts in a certain way, even though he likes certain things, and even though all of his male parts have been removed, or some of his male parts have been removed, he's still a boy. Yeah. He's still, he will always be a boy dog. He is a boy dog. Same thing with Ruby. Ruby's a girl. She's the total opposite. I mean, she will snuggle with you one minute, but if something's going to go down, she's ready. Yeah. She is always ready. She's just she's just muscle wrapped yeah. in skin is what she is. No doubt. <laughs> and uh, she fights raccoons. She kills snakes. She does all that stuff. Yep. She, too, has been, uh, you know, fixed. And But she's still a girl. What I like and about that And that's the bottom meme. line. It, right. there's, don't let this confusion, and who's the author of confusion? Oh. Correct. Satan. Oh, yeah. Do not let him get in and start stirring things up because uh, we, God's creation, is evidence of the truth mm-hmm. that he has said in his word in the book of Genesis. There's male, there's female, there's no other option. You know what happens with the truth? Yeah. The truth will make you free. It, it does. does. It's it the does. best way to live. Yeah. And You know, when you talk about marriage, for example, Mm -hmm. all you have to do is go to Ephesians 5, and it's a mystery, but it also points to God, the way God set things up. Right. So, you know, husbands, love your wives like Jesus loves the church and gave up his life for. Yeah. Women, respect your husbands. He made them male and female. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so the examples are all right there. And when society fixed, you know, sticks to God's word and his examples— we all do much better. Yeah. We do. We yeah. do. And here's the reality, because sometimes we did have uh, scenarios where babies were starting to be born with kind of like not completely one way or the other. Well, back then, years ago, people looked at it. They weren't afraid to say, oh, something's wrong here. And they figured out what was wrong. They were actually giving women prenatal uh, things that were causing the the babies not to develop properly, and they stopped giving women these things because they knew something was. What kind of things? What kind wrong. of things? I don't know. Like medicine, medication, yeah, side some effects, sort of supplement, care, yeah. some yeah. sort of prenatal thing that <clears throat> caused hormone imbalance in the mm-hmm. women, and the hormone imbalance in the women then was having an effect on these babies being born, right. and so they stopped giving it, and and so that's why we don't see that 
very, very, yeah. very, 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 very rarely. And when we do see that, it's it's an indication something went wrong. And well, let's try to fix it. My biggest, my biggest challenge, not my biggest, a big challenge, mm-hmm. a big challenge that I struggle with is the fact that um, like the Carrie Lake tweet you showed me earlier. I yeah, think we it's have coming it. Up here in a yeah. Um, you know, it, it, when we stand up against this, then somehow we are short sighted. We are mean. We, no. Who are you em- calling short? <laughs> <laughs> Emily and I, Emily and I have a long history mm-hmm. of working with the LGBTQ trans community in so many different ways. And we have been complimented that people feel like we love them even though we disagree with them there are some that says you have to fully embrace what we're doing wave the rainbow flag and you know have drag queen story hour and if you don't do those things anything short of that is hatred and you're a bigot and you need to be shut down and canceled and we even had a um, professor from Michigan came out and said we should be killed rather than listen to us. Yeah. Don't shout them down, murder them instead. Mm. Yeah. yeah, this guy got suspended, but you got to understand that is the, the mindset of the day. But Mike, people yeah. are running from products that are being mm-hmm. pushed down our throat. When will corporate America realize the old phrase, go woke, go broke? I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm struggling mm-hmm. why we haven't connected that yet. Is it because too many Americans are starting to capitulate? They're starting to give up. They're starting to say, hey, this doesn't matter anymore. Uh, so whatever, we'll just go with the flow. Or is there enough backbone for us to say out of love and good old-fashioned love, God made us man and woman, one man, one woman, that's still the authentic way to go. That's still how societies are built. Mm-hmm. And out of that biblical truth, yes, there's love for all of mankind, although people are failing to see it. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, so there's a couple things there, and it'll tie into our last story, too. But, you know, there's a lot of people, the majority of Americans are not woke, and all of this stuff bothers them. Mm-hmm. Now, are, are most of them speaking out? Well, you know, we're in a culture now, and it's pervasive in the media yeah. and the cancel cult- culture. You know, if you do speak out, some people have been canceled yeah. in, in in very public and very dramatic ways. Hey, we, <laughs> we, we can testify yeah. to the attempt. Mm-hmm. Before cancel culture was cancel <laughs> yeah. culture— we, we got were, canceled. We were, canceled. We were standing there. Was cool. <laughs> we got it. We got attempted canceled. canceled. <laughs> canceling wasn't cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're funny, but man, are they full of hate? Yeah. Said no one with authenticity <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So you know, so when people see that, they get scared into silence. That's um, true. Others don't want to rock the boat, so yeah. They, yeah. they they stay silent. And so yeah. you know, we're seeing more of these boycotts, and it is taking some effect. But we'll tie it into our next story. Well, yeah. On where we're going on that. Awesome. Well, I, before we get to the next story, I just yeah. want to throw this in there, and Emily, and I want you to get your response. I want to talk about the Target thing. Yeah. Because about five years ago, Target came out and said, no, anybody can go in any bathroom they mm-hmm. want. Yeah, yeah. Well, AFA, American Family Association, and by the way, the late, great Don Wildman started this. And back in the day when nobody really knew what was going on, he was one of my heroes because he would stand up and he would point out that, no, Jesus is God, Christ is King, and we're going to be authentic to the Word of God yeah. and stand in the gap. And so that's how American Family Association out of Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, kind of took off. And then... His son, I don't know if it's his only son, his firstborn son or what, but his son, Tim Wildman, has continued that. And Tim Wildman said, let's boycott Target to get their attention. And so they started this boycott. They got like a million and a half signatures, which got them a seat at the table. And I'm paraphrasing what I've read, and I'm kind of making some assumptions, but it sounded almost like Target executives just mocked them, like, it doesn't matter. It's not going to affect our bottom line. And then we, you know, I even hear Christians 
you know, just I mean, they talk about Target as if it's their, you know, their store, and and this whole boycott's just kind of a waste of time. And real Christians don't do that kind of stuff. I, we have not gone to a Target since Tim Wildman came out with the boycott. We have not gone into one, and that's our hometown store. If I'm going to go see my baseball team play in Minneapolis, I got to go to Target Field. I don't dislike Target. I just think that we should make a statement about these woke policies which Target started. Emily, you had big feelings on this back when it was going down. Yeah, because it was so dangerous. And and I think that the problem here is kind of threefold. It was dangerous because they said, oh, that, you know, the people who were afraid or worried, concerned that there would be attacks going on in the restrooms and in the changing rooms and so on, um, they were called names, bigots and so on. And then the news stories about those attacks were stuffed. So I think the end result is threefold. Number one, people aren't really aware of what's going on because media does play a very powerful role as to what information do we get and what don't we get. Mm -hmm. Number two, I think it has to do with the fact that we have become biblically illiterate. We don't really know exactly what the Bible says, so how can you defend something that you don't really know what it says? Yeah, so I, we had a guy, I, I, saw a guy, I saw a guy the other day saying, I can't believe the Bible because it tells me that I have to marry my brother's sister if he dies, or my brother's wife if right, he dies. Right, it's right. It's like, yeah, come on, dude. You come don't, on. you don't understand. You don't know what you're reading, or you don't, or you've probably just heard stuff and you're drawing conclusions that are inaccurate. But the final thing, the third thing, is that we have lost as a culture, and this is a result of losing that biblical worldview and not knowing what the Bible says. We have lost uh, sacrifice. Yes. We have lost the idea that sacrifice is important in in cultivating a healthy environment and community. Yes. And we're so obsessed with self that it doesn't matter that a little girl got raped in a Target mm. dressing room mm. halfway across the country because they have these little tchotchkes here for a dollar at the front, and I want those. And so we've lost that sense of sacrificing and community because we've lost that biblical worldview. We all have idols in our life, and yeah. the, the essence of true worship isn't music, by the way. Mm -hmm. The essence of true worship is sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Mike Shaw, before yeah. we go to the next story, let's was, put a bow on this was, one. Well, there was some sacrifice last night yeah. in Iowa City. Yeah. If, let's yeah. go to the tweet from Kerry Lake. True, oh, from so Carrie we're Lake, yeah. So we're recording this on Thursday, April 8th. Kerry uh, Lake was in Iowa City last night. And she had to share some hilarious news with us. It's April sixth, as a matter of fact. But did who I cares? say? Did I say? <laughs> you said April eighth. Oh, yeah. Well, I need Time, my readers. Time space continuum. Time, yeah. It doesn't matter. Does Mike Shaw with his flux capacitor <laughs> here really on FreshRoadMedia.com. Okay, Does anybody really know what time it is? <laughs> Does anybody right. really, really care? care? Let's go yeah. back. To, let's go back to Carrie Lake's tweet because it's pretty good. Yeah. Carrie Lake in Iowa City last night. Speaking of sacrifice, uh, she was in Iowa with hundreds of voters. For a rally, there was an open bar that ran out of beer except for one brand, Bud Budweiser. Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they so. actually said, no, I won't drink. I'll just go without rather than drink that That's stuff. Right. That's, That's right. Good. That's, That's good. Right. That's good. I'll have water hope. on the rocks, make it a double. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have hope for humanity once again. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there's some sacrifice going out there, and some yeah. people for are sure. shocked and appalled and mm-hmm. and making a stand. And and so you know, Carrie had a little bit of fun with it, and I wanted to throw that in there too because we're in Iowa, and yeah. yes. Carrie's from Iowa, and she was back home, and so yeah, I was th- a tying cool that place. in too. Now, yeah. now for people who don't know who Carrie Lake is, she was the Senate. Republican nominee who mm. just got she was defeated. Elected, she was elected governor of Arizona. Okay, mm-hmm. but they say no. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's right. The another election theft. That's that's a whole other show. A whole other well, story. Well, Mike, you're going to have your own show pretty soon on FreshRoadMedia.com. Again, Cannot we're in the preseason wait. of No Apology with Emily and Chris, just yeah. getting our sea legs underneath us. But there was a huge story that hit this morning, huge. and I said, "Hey, we'll we'll talk about you know Dunleavy, and we'll talk about Trump a little bit, but mm-hmm. mostly I want to go to this story." Yeah. This is the big news of the day um, because Mike's show, when he launches it, and and I think it's got to be part of our show too when you're on with us, is like mm-hmm. end times through news headlines. Yeah, but today, yeah, yeah. today was one that just really rocked our world. Mike, tell us about it. Torn from today's headlines on Twitter. Uh, let's just go to the Robert F. Kennedy Jr. tweet. He explains it very well in this, okay. and then we'll expound a little bit. I'm just going to read the whole thing. The Fed just announced it will introduce its Fed now central bank digital currency in July. Yeah. CBDCs grease the slippery slope to financial slavery and political tyranny. While cash transactions are anonymous, a CBDC will allow the government to surveil all our private financial affairs. The central bank will have the power to enforce dollar limits on our transactions, restricting where you can send money, where you can spend it, and when money expires. A a CBDC tied to digital ID and social credit score will allow the government to freeze your assets or limit your spending to approved vendors if you fail to comply with arbitrary uh, dictates and for example, vaccine mandates. If you don't, mm-hmm. if you're not vaccinated, you can't get somewhere. Right, the right. Fed they won't even let you spend your own money. The Fed will initially limit its CBDC to interbank transactions, but we should not be blind to the obvious danger. That obvious this is danger. the first step in banning and seizing Bitcoin, as the Treasury did with gold 90 years ago today in 1933. Mm-hmm. Watch as governments, which never let a good crisis go to waste, right. use COVID-19 and the banking crisis to usher in a new wave of CBDCs as a safe haven from germ-laden paper currencies or as protection against bank runs. <laughs> yeah. Germ-laden. And then he has, germ-laden a, and then he has a link to a CNBC yeah. story, you know, just you know, proving that it's true. Yeah. Most biblical minds that would be tuned into this broadcast right now, I think their radar is way up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I see, Mike? Mm-hmm. Do you see it? Oh, yeah. We've been talking about this for a years, actually, a couple of years. Um, my last pastor in, in Lubbock, we did a prophecy update a year ago, almost to the month. Yeah. And I talked about this very thing, how they're yeah. going to okay. use how they're going to use central bank digital currencies. They're going to be able to see every transaction in real time on the centralized ledger. Yep. And then what they'll do is they'll tie that as uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who just announced that he's going to challenge Biden for president, by the way. Um, they're going to be able to take that information. And let's say on your social media score, your carbon footprint, part of that is how much beef you eat. Right. Yeah. So let's say you bought more than your allotted one steak for the month. They can turn your money off, right? Or they could limit where you could spend it or what you can spend it on. Just right. one example: they take a digital ID 
It's a carrot stick, mostly carrot. <laughs> I'm, I mean, sorry, mostly stick. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's like if you're if you're outside of your social score, you need to scan your digital ID to get online. Yeah. Um, maybe you want to play Call of Duty. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. Yeah. You you had that Trump tweet today, and we yeah. didn't appreciate that. So your score is not high enough for you to play. Call of Duty. So tonight. you want to see capitulation at a high level? Oh my gosh! I mean, people under thirty would capitulate. We there was even a, a survey done ten plus years ago that we had on our old morning show mm-hmm. that seventy one percent of college students at that time said if they could only choose one, national sovereignty or internet access, they'd take internet access. Seventy one percent. And exactly. They're have total they don't control. understand. Total <laughs> control. They have total control. Total yeah. control. And it's really scary when you mentioned the expiration. I mean, how mm-hmm. are you to have a savings account if your money expires? It's not your money. And it's, yeah, that's, that's true. true. It's not your money. And the sad thing then is when you think about it, and I don't think people have really thought it through, you know, just like people that don't think through the fact, okay, if you want to get rid of the oil fields, you're getting rid of a lot of products that you use yeah. every Carpet. single day, not just <laughs> gas in your car. Nope. Um, and they're not thinking about those things. And the same thing is with this. They're not Depraved thinking about, uh, you know, how many times have you seen someone in need and said, oh, man, here's a 20. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How many times have you, oh, it's your granddaughter's, you know, graduation or whatever. And so you want to give them a gift of some sort. Well, this is just all, use Vimo or yeah, Venmo or something. This is all trash. <laughs> Scan your QR code yes. to your granddaughter. Yeah. Now, what if your granddaughter has a really bad social rating? You know, they're tracking all this stuff. And all of a sudden now they they, they see you're giving her money. That's going to affect your rating and vice Good. versa. I mean, it, it's it's control. It's it well, is. and with AI getting to the point where it is, they oh, can yeah. literally control it's everything control. and keep parameters around where you are and what you're doing. It's but a, Mike, you said that you yeah. were having a Bible study about this, yep. and so I, because I really think it's important. We talk, we talk about biblical illiteracy and losing that biblical worldview all the time. Right. This is talked about in the Bible, and yeah. so those people that read the Bible, understand the Bible, have good teachers. Yep. Um, they're aware of the fact that God's <laughs> warning us yeah. about this. This isn't good, is it? Yeah. Well, in Revelation, the Bible teaches there's going to be a world government. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a world currency. There's yeah. going to be a world religion. Yeah. And right now, in our world today, and with this story today, we see uh, our world moving rapidly towards a world government, yeah. a world currency, yeah. and a world religion. And it's the spirit of Antichrist that's leading to the actual Antichrist. And this, you know, back in the day, 10 years ago, even 20 years ago, uh, you've got these people on TV, these, you know, talking about Bible prophecy and how the the beast is going to keep you from buying and selling. It's like, how is he going to do that? Well, now we know. Yeah, it's here. It's really interesting because Mm -hmm. like we were talking earlier in the show, Chris, both you and I were tacketing last night. Uh, Del Tackett was talking about, and he spelled out (laughs) biblically how this was going to happen, how the state would rise up and they would Mm -hmm. take over all those other sovereign places in life like family and church and so on where government ought not be. And they're not just doing it on a community level. They're not just doing it on a national level. They're doing it on a global level, and they're taking over everything, including the sovereign sphere of God himself. 
Well, it's Passion Week this week, and we are uh, recording on Thursday, April 6th. Thank you. <laughs> I, I read eight. I know, you know. Or Thursday, April, whatever. whatever. You know. Pick a number. Pick a day. Any day. <laughs> I won't yeah. have this posted till the seventh, anyways. And we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to do right on, way off with Yay. Mike Shaw, and then I want to tell you a little bit about the preseason of this show, and it is listener supported. So stick around for that. We're so glad that you are spending your time with us. And uh, how's this for bumper music? I like it. Yeah? I like it. Probably yeah. no one else does. Yeah. But I am back in the 60s again. There we go. All right, we're back around the corner with No Apology with Emily and Chris. Has anybody ever called you an idiot for believing in the Bible? Somebody says, you're just an idiot for believing the Bible. How would you respond? People think that Christians are idiots for what they believe. This God you claim is great isn't so great. Only an idiot would believe that. When you wonder about the relevance of the Bible, because it was written in a different culture. Yeah, even though the Bible was written through like a, a spiritual notation, I guess, it still was written by a man. It's the second day and I'm asked to pray and I'm walking up towards the podium and I lean in and I say, Dear George. <laughs> I'm here to tell you that my life has been changed by the Word of God. So what's your opinion on the Bible? It's 100% true. Sounds like uh, Sai's involved in this process, you know. <laughs> idiots for Bible, that's, I mean, that's what I think of when I think of him. I'm not gonna call atheist idiots because that's just not nice to do, but. Approximately 1,500 times the Bible claims to be the Word of God. Now what are we gonna do with that? That's kind of deep. <laughs> I believe in the Bible. I don't care who knows it. I'm an idiot for Christ. Welcome back to No Apology with Emily and Chris. Mike Shaw still here. We're glad that you are hanging out with us. In the preseason, we're just getting the show off the ground. We've had all kinds of struggles. We're dealing with our third <laughs> soundboard in less than 30 days. It kept yeah. coming in corrupted. I wonder who's the author of Confusion there. Yeah. Our website, uh, we became the bad client for our web designers. <laughs> And our, problem child. and our web designers oh, became the bad out. vendor for us. <laughs> it's and working out. I'm sorry, but you know when you hear their side of it and when you hear our side of it, it's like, how can those two things be reconciled? But they are, and it all goes back to the author of Confusion. Yeah, people, but, relationships, it's messy. Yeah. Well, we've had a really, I think, a good show so far, and we're about to, to end it now with uh, two more little segments. We're going to do right on, way off, and then we're going to do the... 
um, basically the close, explaining the preseason. So maybe you can pray for us and possibly help us. Emily, are you ready to roll? I am ready. This is like my favorite time of the whole show. And here's the thing. I know that it's a struggle, but once the mics go hot, man, I, we could do this all day long. Yeah. Like this is just so fun and it's so good. So, well, it, uh, but right on way off, my yeah. favorite. I love it so far. Yeah. Well, to kind of back up to your point before yeah. we write on way off. We were taught all the time, levity, levity, levity. That 60-second break can be 45 seconds. You know, get back to the music, get back to the music. Well, concise, talk, concise. Talk shows, you're, you're supposed to hit your marks in, the, in a different kind of way, but it's the same thing. So you have a 17-minute talk set. So at the 15-minute mark, you got to do the camera turn and do this. All these little elements in radio. In this broadcast, it's like it's an hour-and-a-half variety talk show we're opening the mics. We're just going, and we're glad that you have spent your time with us. Yeah. It makes our day to know that you want to listen to whatever this is. We're breaking all the rules. <laughs> yeah. All right, Emily. Uh, you told me this is your show, but you told me you still want me to drive right on way off. I do. I like it. It's fun. All right, yeah. Mike. Mike Shaw, you ready? Ready, Santa. Ready, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's not ready to say goodbye to winter. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start out with a uh, prophecy uh, question. Okay. <laughs> Thought you were gonna go get, all prophetic on us. Yeah, if we get this show, that we possible we could get this show produced, have it up online, and then we get raptured out of here because I want your guys. Uh, Mike, you're gonna go first on this right okay. on way off. All right. There's a new date in pre-tribulation <laughs> prophecy, yeah. and some believe that it's gonna happen this Passover, which technically Passover is tonight, Thursday, April sixth. But Passover is like the whole weekend. It could go through Sunday. What do you say about people who are kind of talking about that this is the weekend Jesus is supposed to return? So right on or way off, I am way off on that. <laughs> but let me explain. Um, okay. Now, my my brother's one of these people. And okay. so, and I love he's, my brother. He's right on, and you're way off. He's right on, and I'm way off. All right. But, but with an explanation. Okay. Because... Um, knowing my brother and knowing the study that he puts into this and and the group that the the groups that he hangs out with that talk about these things they are deep into their bible study they are deep into their knowledge of all these different calendars and right. you know all the signs that point uh, the Shemitah weeks and the year of Jubilee and how the calendar breaks down and the moon and the stars are some doing blood things, others doing shiny things. <laughs> how and did that you know? Means this. <laughs> yes, that's it. Did my blood Shemitah week come true? Yeah. <laughs> and that's where's it. the moon? Yeah. yeah. Here's what bugs me is that the last Passover was supposed to be the day. So, um, you know, it. It's rough when you when you name a day and a time right, and a, yeah. and yeah. and you're getting that specific because you know Jesus said we're not going to know uh, only the Father knows. But I am a fan of knowing the season, and I'm also a fan of the way they study the Bible and get into God's Word yeah. and the way they get excited mm -hmm. about that. But yeah. having said all that, I'm still way off. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, are you right on or way off? Uh, the Lord's coming between. Thursday Passover, which is today, I through Sunday Resurrection Sunday. I'm right on. You're right on with Mike Shaw. It's way off. <laughs> Why? I'm way off. I'm way. Well, I think it's really we're on the same page. Same same thing. I do really admire people who it's just it's it's in their DNA. They want to know. They love the history. They love the study of the culture. They love going back and seeing what was written and what was said and so on and piecing it together. Thank the Lord that we have people like that. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? And so, 
um, there is like this natural desire. The the brain wants to fill in the gaps. Yeah. That's human. The brain wants what the brain wants. <laughs> yeah, <that's> just, <laughs> that that is a part of our humanity, and and that goes back to um, wanting to know who God is. I mean, that's the way we were created. So yeah. it's okay. It's good. And like Mike said, it's good that you're in God's word and you're knowing what God's word says. But I am also. Uh, you know, when spring rolls around, I know it's spring. Yeah. Nobody, ha- I don't have to go research the history books or read any of these, you know, gardening things to know that, oh, the, yeah. the tulips are starting to peek through that, you know, we, we will all know. Even okay. people with no biblical worldview. Right. They're going to be looking, going, what the what? You yeah. know what I mean? They're, they're, they're going to see things that they know that they haven't seen before, yeah. they're going to know that something's up. Yeah. The new date in, in pre-tribulation biblical prophecy says that this Passover season, Jesus is going to return. In other words, Thursday through Sunday, sometimes he's going to return. Mike Shaw, way off. Emily, way off. Yep. I'm going right on. And I mean, I'm legit right on. Let me tell you why. weird. No, no. You you <laughs> might not. You might even agree with me. Who knows? Tell us about your the Bible's week. <laughs> in the year of Jubilee. Don't... <laughs> If you're going to mock me, mock me appropriately. I just like saying Shemitah. I don't, I don't know what Shemitah means. I just like saying yeah. it. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a new spread you put on bread. Yes. Shemitah. Would you like a Shemitah sandwich? Yes, a Shemitah. I'll take half a Shemitah, please. Sounds delightful. Um, no, and, and I don't have time to go into what a Shemitah really is. It's a Shemitah week. It has to do with the Jewish culture. Anyway, okay. I'm right on. I'll tell you why. Okay. The Bible says no man will know the day or hour. True. Right. Okay, so we cannot set dates, no. right? Right. But... Uh, you can tell seasons, and you can also read what's going on in just common revelation. Jesus gives us discernment. Mm-hmm. And here's another thing that says in the Bible. You ready? Yeah. It says that his followers are supposed to be looking for him always. Yeah, true. Always, every day, be looking yeah. for the return of Jesus be Christ, ready. be asking for it, be be ready, be packed up, prayed up, ready to roll. So... Hey, if yeah. I, if if I'm going to do that every day, I'm going to do that right on Passover, Good Friday, uh, Saturday doesn't have a name. <laughs> <laughs> the quiet, quiet Saturday, yeah, Resurrection it is, Sunday. Sunday. Well, yeah, it's yes. Shabbat. Let's Shabbat, get real and then, here. And then the Lord's Day Sunday, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Quiet Saturday if you have no creativity yeah, right. left. Or mow yeah. the lawn. But All you know, right. God has a way of doing that. It's just like you know that that pregnant mother, the closer she gets to that due date, the closer she is just ready to have this child, irregardless, that's not a word, regardless of the fact that maybe at the beginning she was very apprehensive about the the child. He's doing the same thing with us as the days draw near, as the day of the Lord draws nearer and nearer, we do, we're getting more and more like, Lord, when are you going to come? Well, Lord, yeah. we want yeah. you to come. Lord, we are waiting for you to come. I think that, Lord, when are you going to come? <laughs> I, think that, I think that crypto digital banking announcement yeah, this right. morning is, is yep. kind of like the water There's broke. There's a sign. Okay? There's the a water sign. broke. Yeah. The yeah. birth pangs are there. Um, Two things re- real quick. Yeah, in reality, we have to be prepared, yeah. and we have yeah. to be prepared to endure. We don't know when Jesus is going to come back. All these things could come to pass. America could fall and Jesus could still tarry 500 years and every word in the Bible is true. So that's why we want to be strong in our mm-hmm. faith. But I'm looking for him to return this weekend. And it's right. not just because I've got a tax bill due the following <laughs> week. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking about that too, because it can't be about I want to escape yeah. the ickiness of yeah. life. It has to be about knowing who God is and having a true internal desire 
to be with him because right. you know he is so good. Amen. Um, and so that's where it's really got to spring Reach out it, of. Emily. All right. So two things real quick. Irregardless right. is a word. Look it up. <laughs> Irregardless. Is it really? Yes, it, okay. it is. Is the it, second it thing? Is. And then the other thing is uh, Matthew 24. You know, Jesus, what are the signs of your returning? This, that, the other earthquakes in various places, Does et he list Shemitah week? He does not, oh. but he does say <laughs> all these things must come to pass, but the end is True. not yet. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I say to that is, as long as the end is not yet, we have time to love God and love people. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we got we got a task to fulfill here. That's a pretty Right on way off point. question two of three. Right, right. on way off question yeah, we, two of three. Wow, that was yeah. a good question, Derek. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, this, Kudos. This is a retiring or, res- no, not retiring, resigning pastor. A pastor is resigning from this church. And um, who did we start with on question one? Mike. Mike. Okay, so Emily, you're gonna get you're gonna get question. You're gonna be starting. You're a terrible show. Host. We need to get buzzers, and we can <laughs> I am, buzz in. I am so. <laughs> you are no Pat Sajak. I'll I, tell you that right for now. for five hundred dollars, <laughs> Emily. <laughs> Alex Trebek. Where's Alex Trebek when you need him? All right, I'll take the next question for free. Yes, there we go. Uh, It's preseason. We're still a little rusty. All right, right on way off, question two of three. This is a pastor who is resigning his position. Okay. And are you right off or way on this? This is his quote, his actual quote. And I do have quite a bit to say about this if I ever get a chance, but it's all for you guys, starting with Emily. His quote, this church will die someday. That sounds like a horrible way to welcome visitors, but the greatest church planner of all time, the Apostle Paul, none of his churches exist today, but the kingdom continues to thrive. Emily, are you right on or way off? Uh, I'm trying to even process what he said. I hope he's just coming from the aspect of wanting to encourage his congregation or something. It's hard when someone uh, that you really like is leaving, but but way off. I'm way off on this one because <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, the churches that um, Paul planted are addressed in the book of Revelation. God, you yes. know, Jesus is talking to him. And so the church is the church. The church is people. It's not the building and the people go on. And so, yeah, that's just way off. The church is not going to die. The church that was planted in Ephesus, in Corinth. They're in still there. All the, you can look up who their leaders are to this day. Yeah, exactly. They're still there. There. Okay, yeah. Mike, right on way off. That's way off. Let me count the ways <laughs> off. All right, count them. Uh, well, the first one would be what Emily just said. <laughs> the churches are still around. Hello. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the thing is, we hope that his church, you know, his, what he's saying about his church doesn't come true. We want it to, right. we want it to survive for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And a great way to have the right reasons is to read Revelation 2 and 3 and yeah. find out what Jesus had to say to the churches yeah. and uh, do likewise. You'll do well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Very good, very good. Exactly. All right, question three of three. Um, yes. And this one happens to be because of the research I've been doing online. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm known as the Bible idiot because I read the Bible and I read extra biblical literature and research and columns and blogs all the time. And I, my career is to then condense that down into thoughts where I ask God to lead and speak through me, and I preach every Sunday at a church. I'm a, I'm a senior pastor. But then we used to bring stuff on the radio all the time. And so now we're going to get to do that again through this broadcast. So what am I reading when I'm not doing that? Well, it's really down to three, 
four things. Garfield? No. <laughs> NASCAR. Oh, yeah. NASCAR. Yeah, in fact, uh, the, the, the podcasts that I listen to that aren't Christian in, you know, Christian teaching or apologetics and is, is all NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, then there's hockey, and then there's football. Okay. Now, in and around that, one of my favorite things in the whole world to do, especially if you're with good people, is to tailgate outside a stadium or a racetrack. So that means I now start looking into grilling. Yes. Okay. Now, I started an event in 2011 at Berlin Raceway uh, called Ribstock. And <laughs> I got the owner of the racetrack to put up $25,000, and we had the best brisket and ribs smoked. We had people from 33 different states come to compete for that. Oh, wow. And it was a huge blowout event. Food. And yeah, Everything was, is food. Yeah, it was. It, Everything it was, is food. It was called Ribstock. Rib it lasted for six years, and I wasn't there to keep it going when I left in 2015. But Ribstock was an awesome event. It was called Ribstock Beers. Uh, I'm not, not beers, although that was there. It was it was uh, bands, bikes, and barbecue. Mm. And we You're didn't we, we didn't have beer on there, but we could have. I mean, but because a lot of people, it's a racetrack, but, but not Bud Light. But not Bud Light. <laughs> it was bands, barbecue, and uh, what was the other B? I just forgot now. Bikes. 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 A lot of motorcycle. There was a lot of motorcycle <laughs> clubs that came to the original ribstock. Anyway, okay. I digress. In that world, yeah. I am told, and this is a long way home for this yeah, question. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm rusty. This we're is going somewhere. This right? is preseason. Okay, we're we're trying to shake off the rust. In that world, we are told yeah. that barbecue is only authentic if it's with charcoal. Oh, yeah. And in fact, at Ribstock, there wasn't a single gas-powered no nothing. Propane. No propane. In no, fact, no. Kingsford should have sponsored it because they sold enough during that event <laughs> right. every year. Yeah. But so the question is there. Number three, right on, way off, will there be barbecue in heaven? And if so, charcoal only. Right on or way, or way off? <laughs> Mike Shaw. That's an easy one. That's an easy one. Right on. Oh, my goodness. It's, it's biblical. Yeah. Right? So you, you look at the Old Testament and Israel when they're, when they're making the sacrifices, and, you know, God loves a good barbecue. Look yeah. at Look at the prodigal son. You know, they killed yeah. the fattened calf and all yep. of that. God likes that smokiness. Bands, bikes, and barbecue. <laughs> Charcoal right. only. Yep. Charcoal only because when you look at the Old Testament law, they had to keep those charcoals going 24-7. Yeah. So I am right on, and I'm standing on the Bible <laughs> principles right. for it. I know Emily well enough to know I got a feeling she's going in a different direction. Emily, yeah. right on, way off. I'm going to say right off. Right like, off. It's, it's half right, it's okay. half off. It's time out. Everybody, everybody take a break. Take a break. <laughs> this is Emily's show. She can do whatever she wants, including That's making right. up new rules right in the middle of a bit. Yeah, right on. I like the idea of, you know, the whole smoking things and burning mm -hmm. things. And I think yeah. we're going to do some more of that. So, I mean, just sitting by a fire is therapeutic, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but here's the thing. I had to, I had to, you know, raise chickens and we ate chickens growing up mm -hmm. in, in rural Minnesota. Yum. I loved animals so much that my dad, in his infinite wisdom, said, Emily, you take care of these chickens from the time we get them until they're ready to be butchered. You take care of them. You feed them. You water them. You make sure the owls aren't getting them, whatever. Yeah. And then you do you do not have to help with butchering. Yeah. And I'm like, right. deal. Like, I would sit out in the chicken coop and just pet the chickens. I loved yeah. them so much. When we go to heaven, yeah. isn't all the death supposed to go away? 
I, I think it is. There's no more. There's no more death. There's no more suffering. There's so we're going to charcoal that. up a head so of lettuce. Is what I you're saying? I don't know. <laughs> Who's going to kill the lettuce? <laughs> I have a feeling his broccoli is going to taste way different yeah. than the broccoli does right now. Maybe I don't know. So yeah, that's my quandary. I love the charcoal. Love the charcoal right on 100. Uh, the death of animals. I'm not so sure that's going to continue into heaven. Yeah. The charcoal's dead trees and lettuce is dead lettuce. Yeah, but there's no there's no soul. Are there. you sure? I'm positive. Okay, okay. Well, the yeah. marriage supper of the lamb <laughs> is what I can't wait I to I can't wait to party in the New Jerusalem. We're gonna be yeah. at the marriage supper of the lamb. That that implies that there's gonna be some good grub going down. Well, barbecue sauce is gonna I mean, be. Amazing. What it's made out what it's yeah. made out it's of, I don't, I don't care. Know. Yeah. If it's not well, made out of meat, it'll be made out of something better than meat. Yeah. I bet we're gonna like it more. Mike, have you ever seen the movie Ratatouille? <laughs> I have not. Okay, in the movie Ratatouille, the the premise is is that uh, this high end food critic gets served this peasant dish. Uh, no, ergo, ego. Oh, ego gets. Yeah, he gets served, served this. Ra- they they serve him a ratatouille dish as he's going to review the restaurant, uh-huh. which is a peasant food, but it makes him think of himself as a child, so he loves it. That's kind of the premise. Oh, nice. My ratatouille dish, without question, mm-hmm. is tater tot casserole or tater tot hot dish. Which, by the way. How do you pronounce it? What tater tot? You know, have you ever casserole? had yeah? Have you ever had tater tot casserole or tater not. tot hot dish? Oh, I have not. If it's done right, it's absolutely Mike, the best. Mike, what do you do? You haven't seen ratatouille. You don't no. eat tater tot hot dish. Yeah. What, yeah. Like, what do you do for yeah. your, in your life? I, I, have, <laughs> I've not, I have not seen Forrest Gump. You are sheltered. Uh, yeah. Exactly. yeah, you're not probably missing anything yeah. there. Well, yeah. now I want to do about three or four Forrest Gump lines, but yeah. I can't because Mike hasn't seen the movie. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, Mike, my ratatouille don't is give tater. Him a f- don't give him a Forrest Gump button either, please. He doesn't. Well, <laughs> you know, I've, I've been around people who Ooh, say, well, when I get idea. to heaven, I'm going to race Dale Earnhardt. And I always try to gently, if I say anything at all, I try to be very gently and say, no, you're not. <laughs> when we get to heaven, we're going to be so enamored with the glorified Jesus Christ that a lot of these other things will wash away. Yeah. But I got a feeling that like some of our favorite, favorite foods are going to be part of the marriage supper of the yeah. Lamb. And that's there's no biblical backing right. on that. There's no credibility to that statement mm-hmm. other than just a hope. That I'm hoping I'm eating tater tot casserole and a nice <laughs> steak of some sort, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know. But if not, it'll be something else that's there anyway. All right, let's let's turn to our final segment of the day, Mike. You can yes. hang out with us. It okay. is our saying goodbye. It's our saying uh, so long. But uh, I just want to encourage you uh, to consider your best gift right now. I want I want you to just take a minute and I want you to think. Do we need a broadcast? I know we're rusty. I know it's preseason, but do we need a broadcast where people have fun, where they have the joy of their salvation, and where they don't bend on the truth? Not thinking ourselves wise, we've become fools, but us just being us who are saved people in the in the blood of the Lamb, and we want to share that with others. If you could go to freshroadmedia.com right now and give your best gift, I don't care what that is, we could sure use it. We're going to try to launch Mike Shaw's show. We're going to be doing some other written outreach. We're going to try to do events. We're going to try to do all kinds of different things, including making No Apology with Emily and Chris a standard in the life of people who want Christian living and Bible apologetics. And Emily, yeah. I am so pleased that God has laid this on your heart, and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it with you. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm glad you're a part of it, too. Mike, glad you're a part of it, and we hope to really <laughs> expand it and grow it. Chris, like you said, Mike has, go, has got his own gifting and talent that he's going to bring onto Fresh Road Media. 
We've got blogs there. We've got resources there. We've got the podcasts there, and it's all there to encourage you. And Mike, also my teachings on Bible Idi- Bible Idiots is yep. going to be the teaching platform. That's also at FreshRoadMedia.com, but it has its own website called BibleIdiots.com. Yeah. Um, so if you want to hear a good message for this weekend, there's Bible one from teaching. Yeah. yeah, there's one about yeah. the miracles of the cross that just went up this morning. I think Emily. Yeah. Uh, if, if I'm not mistaken. But Mike, uh, mm-hmm. why do you think people would want to support something like this? We're completely listener supported. We're starting with next to nothing. We're just not wanting to bury our talents in the dirt. But I don't think anybody wants to fund a podcast, mm-hmm. but we're so much more than that. And yeah. so why do you think people would want to support this outreach at freshroadmedia.com. Let me explain it with a personal story. How about Mm, this? I love that. Um, I was living in Lubbock, Texas, and was thankful for the apartment that I had, but there were some issues there, and I won't get into all that. But I was praying one afternoon, well, after the sink backed up because the neighbors used their garbage (laughs) disposal, so I will reveal at least that much. Yeah, and 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 that's when I said, we must save Mike. (laughs) (laughs) We must save Mike. Get him to Iowa. So God said that, right? So I I said a prayer. I thanked him for the apartment. I had a warm place to live, Mm -hmm. all of that. But I'm like, really? And and God reminded me of a time I was in Tucson uh, where a random call changed the direction of my life and led to the radio show that I had there. Mm. And that night... Chris called me out of the blue and to talk about, you know, what we're doing now and, um, you know, asking me if I wanted to be a part. We came up to visit for a week. God spoke loudly and opened all the doors. And so I dropped everything and quit my job and moved to Iowa to be a part of this. So when you ask me if, um, you know, if people should give into this or what's the benefit of that, I am all in yeah. Uh, Chris and Emily yeah. have been friends of mine for for a decade and a half, maybe more. Um, when we worked together in Arizona, it, we had such a great time on and off the air. Um, I, you know, it's 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 the biblical truth and having fun all at the same time. And exactly. it's my heart. At the, and it's my heart. And this show and you helping me launch what I'm what we're talking about. Me getting into. Um, you know, and, and all the other things that we have in the works. Yeah. It's all about reaching people with yep. with the truth of Jesus because I don't know if you noticed, <laughs> but there's some birth pains going on. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not a Christian, you need to you need to be one. And yeah. if you are a Christian, you need to be serious about your walk with God because mm-hmm. these are I mean, really that's the truth for all times, but especially yeah. in these times yeah. we've been called for such a time as this. So uh, rambling now, but yes, please <laughs> freshroadmedia.com. And uh, help help us launch, and yeah. um, we would appreciate that. Yeah. All right, Emily, final thoughts? Uh, just that Mike's absolutely right. We were created to live in fellowship, mm-hmm. not with just each other, but with God. I, that's so obvious. And as time goes on, it's so easy to become isolated. But we do have to remember, we need each other. We need to uh, come together. We have to be united in our Uh, mind and in our spirit. Mm -hmm. And that is the way that God is going to navigate us through this life. And there is joy to be found along the journey. There's no doubt about that. All you have to do is get on that fresh road. You've been listening to No Apology with Emily and Chris and Mike and Keith or Don, a whole whole bunch of people. The more the (laughs) merrier, right? Thanks for listening. Yeah. Awesome.